Hello and welcome to the show. Yesterday we went over developing a sales strategy for early stage founders and people who have SMEs, that's small and medium scale enterprises. And there were a couple of stuff that I failed to mention yesterday, so I figured I'd go over a summary of yesterday's episode and then interject the things that I failed uh, to mention. And one of the things that I failed to mention was um, that, um, first of all, we have to define our goals. And it's useful to go beyond saying things like more clients and more money because yesterday I was trying to keep it simple. So I said that we should be aiming for more clients and more money. But if we want our goals to be actionable, then we want things, um, we want the goals to be much more um, specific. So we have to uh, say something like, um, do you want uh, 20% more clients or do you want to double the average order value? You know, you can look at your invoices, your receipts, or your WhatsApp chats or your Instagram chats. And you can get a sense of how much did people pay last year. Let's say you have some um, skin lightening lotions or something. And on average, people paid about 15 grand um, per bottle. So maybe the goal might uh, be to see how you can get that from 15 grand to 25 or maybe 15 to 20 or something like that. So you have to be more specific. Remember that I said that there were uh, three levers that you can use to grow your business. That is to bring in more clients. Um, okay, no, hold on. To get the clients that you have to pay more, to bring in new clients, or to... What was the third? Okay, the first one is... Okay, well... Hmm. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> My brain just froze for a moment. Anyway, there are three levers, basically. So that is you go and look for new people to become clients. The second one is you try and get your existing clients to pay more. And the third, yes, I remember, the third one is to raise the prices. So that's why I gave the example of the skin lightning lotions where we go from 15 grand to 25 or 27 or whatever. So we have to be specific. So it's not just for 2024 or for 2025 or whenever you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast in 2028, you know, it's... It goes beyond saying, I want more clients this year or more money. We have to be specific. I want 20% more clients or I want to double the average um, order value um, from um, last year. Uh, yeah, so coming up with real, um, clear and actionable terms is going to give you a sense of how it is that you can achieve uh, those goals. So um, uh, doubling the average order value. Sorry, excuse me. Doubling the average order value actually is more different from raising the price. Raising the price is you sold the soap last year for um, 15 grand and this year you want to sell it at 25 or 30. Now, average order value is increasing how much um, each customer spends on average when they buy a product. So back to this whole thing of beauty and skincare. So let's say uh, someone bought uh, the soap at uh, 12 grand or 15 grand then trying to increase the average order value for this year might mean uh, that we're going to find ways to um, upsell or cross-sell and get someone to buy, uh, get them to buy a cleanser and maybe a moisturizer as well, and then bring in an extra 20K per purchase, you know, something like that. So you, um, I'm sure with these two examples, you guys um, uh, get the gist. Um, another goal could be to achieve consistent monthly revenue. And this is something that is going to be um, something that will speak to the heart of those of us who are in seasonal businesses. Now, while I was a wedding photographer, people used to say that was a seasonal business. I didn't quite get the sense of that. But yes, I do admit that in November and December, things seem to pick up real quick and things will get very quiet again, uh, you know, February, 
February, March, um, those sorts of things. People will come up with all kinds of explanations, like um, in the Lenten period, uh, Christians don't get married, so that's why you know things are quiet, quiet February, March. Uh, people would say things like um, in December, um, all the Nigerians in diaspora are running back home to get married, uh, things like that. Um, maybe I didn't keep enough records you know, the invoices and things like that to get a sense of the um, feast and famine, uh, you know, the uh, seasonality of the business. But bottom line is, if you're in one of those businesses that is seasonal or rumored to be seasonal, a goal for the year could be, you know what, instead of making um, a chunk of my money in uh, October, November, December, I would like to see how I can average out the income and spread it across um the whole uh the whole year so you can do some specific math on that so just do the math so if you you happen to raise um let's say uh two or three m in the last uh quarter of the year uh well anyway you can do the math uh, basically so define your goals make them more specific that's one thing i failed to um to mention um yesterday so defining them um Okay, yes. And then another thing, uh, we have to quantify those goals. Now, when you give yourself a specific goal, quantifying it is just basically turning into a measurable um, target. Because uh, the example that I gave earlier to say uh, we need 20% more clients. Um, if you turn that into specific numbers, how many clients did we do last year? We did X amount. So to get 20% more, we might need to close an extra two clients every month or maybe four clients every month, you know, something like that. It gives you something specific to, um, uh, to target. Saying more clients, that is too vague. But saying I want 20% more and 20% more at the end of the year means I need to close two more clients this month. It gives you something specific that you can um, aim for. Then, uh, okay, yes, I did mention yesterday that you have to identify your um, ideal client. Um, and it's not a good idea to be a jack of all trades. You know, you have to narrow down your target audience. You're trying to f uh, figure out who needs your product or your service the most, who can afford it, and who can offer good margins. Because these are the best people to go after. I mentioned that it's a really bad idea to keep spending time with people who kind of need your product or service. You know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. And they think it's too expensive and then they leave very little uh, margins for you um, at the end of the day. So these are the worst people to go after. Uh, mm -hmm. Then uh, create your um, uh, buyer personas by going over your trading history. That's what I recommend anyway, because you can sit down and dream up all fantastic things that my ideal client buyer, my ideal buyer is a woman who is 25 and only has two children who earns 20 million naira a year and who travels to Italy uh, four times a year, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can sit down and dream up all kinds of amazing things. But I think it's much more actionable to sit down and look at your trading history. Check your CRM if you have one. Check your chat history, your WhatsApp, your, uh, your DMs. Check your invoice records, your receipts, your email history. <clears throat> and then it's going to give you a sense of, okay, it would be nice if I, my client is... 25-year-old woman who earns 20 naira a year and who travels to Italy four times a year. So uh, disposable income is not a problem. So it would be nice if that is the kind of person who is my ideal client. But for now, looking at the chat history and all whatnot, it looks as if um, the people that I'm doing business with the most are women who are 35 and who have on average uh, three children. And even though they don't have plenty of disposable income, they're able to spend um uh 30k every month um on my skin lightning soaps or whatever so 
you have a look at your trading history it's going to give you a sense of who you are actually doing business with today so that uh, you can use that um, those real life people real life cases as your detailed buyer personas it gives you a sense of who to go after who to chase and um, how to go about um, selling to them then um, okay yeah so choose your growth drivers remember I spoke about three ways that you can increase your income Oh, but there's something that I failed to mention. Another way of um, improving your income is when you improve um, efficiency. When you streamline your um, sales processes or your production um, processes. So that way you're able to close more deals. If you streamline your sales processes, maybe usually you talk to people, to 10 people a week. And from the 10 people you talk to in a week, you're able to get two customers. If you improve your efficiency and you talk to 10 people a week, you might be able to close three or maybe four customers. That makes your business immediately more profitable. It's not because you've done more work. You've just gotten more efficient um, with your um, processes and time that you used to speak to people. Then, um, let's see what else. Okay, so reducing costs also makes you much more efficient and then helps you to grow your business. So back to the skin lightning thing, let's say you produce one bottle at 5,000 Naira and you're selling one bottle at 20,000 Naira. If you find a way to bring the cost of one bottle down from 5,000 Naira to maybe 3,200 Naira, then you have an extra 1,008 per customer in profit, if my math is correct. And um, of course, 1,008 per bottle is not much when you're only thinking of one purchase. But if you have someone who comes to buy from you, she buys... Uh, let's say there are 20 people who buy um, three bottles every month for the year. So, of course, you multiply that by one eight, and all of a sudden you see that that uh, minute um, 1,800 um, savings um, goes um, quite a long way, especially if you're able to achieve the other... Um, if you're able to achieve the other ways of growing your business by getting more people um, in and maybe upselling um, more and cross-selling to the people who are currently your um, your your clients. Now, yesterday I also mentioned about, uh, we spoke about crafting your sales strategy and I went over how some sales strat uh, strategies are emergent and how some are planned. Uh, planned strategies, that's where you sit down by yourself um, or uh, with your spouse, your business partner, your uh, mentor, your, you know, whoever, and you guys come up with planned strategies and you have, you know, you say, we're going to target this amount of, uh, this kind of people for 2024. We're going to use these kinds of channels for 2024 to grow our business. So last year, we did a lot of Instagram, but this year we want to do um, lots of uh, uh, Google advertising or you uh, come up with strategies around your pricing models. You know, last year we're selling 15,000 uh, per bar of soap. But this year, uh, let's raise it to 17.5, you know, things like that. Then emergent strategies, that's what happens when you're adapting to real world results and insights as things occur. So the goal might be to raise your prices to um, 17,500, but you might raise your prices and see that things are much more um, elastic than you thought. And you might be able to get away with uh, 20,000 or maybe 25. So that is where the strategy becomes emergent. The goal was to do this based on the feedback that we've got. We've seen that there's room to expand it to this or maybe based on the feedback we've gotten, that was too ambitious. So perhaps we ought to scale it back um, to this. We also spoke about how we ought to develop a um, sales process because lots of you are freestyling. That is not a good idea. Then um, 
Okay, and then something I failed to mention was in trying to achieve our goals, we need to set realistic action steps. We have to break things down into achievable milestones with deadlines. It's really important because some people have unrealistic expectations about what can be achieved. For instance, I had a client, Lagos, um, a real estate client, real estate business, who wanted 100 properties listed on his site per week, but didn't want to hire extra salespeople, only had a team of about six. Now, the reason why that was not um, feasible was because it was taking about a week's worth of conversations, whether it's phone calls, WhatsApp or whatever, to onboard one property agent to the site, regardless of how many properties the person had. So remember, this guy is thinking he wants 100 properties listed per week, but in actual fact, it is taking one week's worth of phone calls, conversations and everything to get one agent to come to the site, no matter the kind of properties, um, number of properties that he had. So um, with the data that we had, um, we didn't come into any um, hard or fast figures, but I just um, spitballed some figures and, you know, in my own opinion, I thought we would have to go from um, six that he had currently to about a hundred if he wanted to get those um, sorts of results, because there's no way that a team of six can hit 100 per week if one person um, if one person uh, was closing, how many were they doing per week? Hmm, I can't remember. And it was taking one week to get one person to sign up uh, and then total number of uh, agents that people are talking to a week was about um, 16 um, or so. So I can't remember if I said we needed 100 salespeople or how many. Anyway, but you get the point. Six people are not going to be able to bring in um, uh, those goals. So <clears throat> we have to keep things realistic when we're coming up with uh, all these goals. Because after all, we're not robots yet. Maybe the time will come when androids are going to sell on your behalf. You know, perfect robots going out to sell. But until then, you're dealing with human beings. So let's keep things um, um, realistic. Of course, we have to analyze something I failed to mention yesterday. Um, this is what we need for emergent strategies to become apparent, to become clear. So you go out, you do some stuff, it works. You sit down, you mull over what worked, what didn't work. You talk to your mentor, uh, madam mentor, organ mentor, I tried this, this didn't work, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. So we have to um, execute and analyze. And then, of course, you have to implement consistently and monitor the progress. So uh, pick a cadence, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, it's something that I talk about over and over and over again. Um, for sales success, we need um, consistency. So just pick a cadence that you are comfortable um, with. There are some folks like me who are not able to keep to a consistent cadence. So what I do is um, I kind of, um, okay, let me give an example with the podcast. Now, ideally, it would be nice to have one podcast episode recorded per week. But knowing me and um, my lack of discipline, I knew that if I was going to aim for one a week, I would record this week, next week I might forget the week after that might be PTA. And then maybe after that I'm down with a fever. And then uh, maybe after that, my in-laws are in town. And uh, before you know it, two months has gone by and I've only recorded one episode. So I figured, what the heck, let me try and record every day. At least if I'm trying to record every day and half the time I don't get it, it's better than um, the ideal, which was getting one episode uh, per day. Anyway, now, of course, there are some people who are going to say what I'm doing is wrong because I'm not setting a um, consistent cadence. I'm not training people to expect when my content is supposed to come out and things like that. 
Uh, but anyway, those are arguments that we can engage in um, later. But bottom line, this is how um, I've been working around the um, inconsistency or the chaos in my life at the moment by uh, doing a last, last kind of strategy. Like, okay, ideally it should be once a week, no problem. I'm going to him for seven uh, times a week. Um, worst case happens, I'll get uh, one or two episodes in for that week. So that's what I'm doing. Anyway, that's not what I'm recommending anyway. So uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah, be prepared to adapt, um, basically. So that's just it. Now, I promise that uh, today we're going to flesh out a, um, a uh, case study. We're going to flesh out a... Um, should I say case study? Okay, so we'll come up with a case study that we're going to flesh out these ideas about how we're going to come up with um, uh, strategies for, peop uh, for folks who are in the SME, um, SME space. So this is what I came up with. Now, you remember, for those of you who've been listening for a while, that I've been in the homestead. I've been in uh, Makudi um, visiting relatives, you know, seeing grandma, seeing uncles and aunties. My in-laws were around, um, you know, took them back home, uh, introduced them to some of the in-laws again, or rather reintroduced. You know, it's unfortunate that um, the cost of travel, you know, has spiked and things like that. So, um, yeah. There's lots of conversations that happen over the phone, but then sometimes, you know, we go maybe a year and, you know, there are some people, even though we live in Nigeria, who have gone maybe like two, three years, you know, before uh, they go home to go and um, visit all the folks um, uh, back at home in the villa. Anyway, so since I'm coming from there, I came across a couple of people and I figured, oh, this is perfect. We can use this as a case study. So for a case study, let's pretend that we have a civil servant in Benue State who works in Makudi. Makudi is the capital. And this person is looking for supplemental income. Now, this is a real-life situation because we know that in previous governments, people are owed up to, I think, 16 or 18 months in salary, I think, for Benue State. I hear that in some of the eastern states it was um, even worse. So there were people who are looking for supplemental income. Uh, salaries are currently being paid under the new um, uh, regime on, at the state level, um, so I hear. And, uh, but still, it doesn't stop um, civil servants from looking for supplemental income. Some people will say civil servants should not own businesses. That's unethical. But that is a uh, podcast episode um, for another day. So I'm not going to tackle the how ethical it is or not. So we have a civil servant in Benue State who feels like, you know what, things have been rough between the last dispensation and this. I don't want to be found wanting. I am not going to rely exclusively on my salary from the state government or from the federal government. So, I'm going to import catfish from Lagos or from Nembe local government in Bayelsa. And then I'm going to roast the um, catfish using traditional teeth, uh, wood frying techniques. Uh, teeth, um, that's my tribe. We are according to the, was it 79? 79 census. I think we're the fourth largest tribe in Nigeria. I think it was 79 census. I think. That was before I was born. Um, what was I? Okay, yes. So, the civil servant says, I'm going to import fish from Lagos and from Nimbe in Bayasa. I'm going to roast it with traditional teeth wood frying techniques. And then I'm going to sell to people in Makudi Township, which is the capital of Benue State. So that is a scenario that we're going to run with in future episodes to try and flesh things out. Now, the reason why I come up with all these scenarios is I'm trying to show you guys that a lot of the stuff that we talk here sometimes sounds highfalutin and sounds real theoretical. But when we come down to it, you find out that no matter the business that you're involved in, whether you're starting up 
um, some um, app and you want to be the next Mark Zuckerberg or whether you want to uh, do things like uh, maybe your mom sells catfish. You know, it's that simple. These principles are going to work regardless of whatever it is that you're trying to build. So the key questions that we're going to consider now using this um, case study are um, these. Number one, who are the kinds of people that we should be targeting? Number two, what kinds of distribution outlets are we going to use? And then number three, what kind of intelligence or what kind of data are we going to get from executing these plans that we come up with in one and two? And also from interacting with patrons in carrying out our sales plans. So again, just so that you guys remember as we move on to the future episodes, we are pretending that we are civil servants in Benue State in Makudi. We want some supplemental income. And so because of that, we're going to import catfish from Lagos and Nembe local government in Bayelsa. We're going to roast it with native, traditional, wood frying, sorry, not frying, wood drying techniques and sell to people in the township. And the key questions we're going to consider in future episodes, who are the people we should be targeting? Which distribution outlets should we use? And then what kind of data are we looking for or are we going to get? when we interact uh, with the patrons and we try and flesh out these plans. So that's all for today, folks. Uh, remember to connect with me on WhatsApp. The number is 080-6466-2140. Again, the country code is plus 234 for those of you who are hitting me from beyond the shores of Nigeria. And also, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. The name is Tabishima Ayede. I'm the host of the show. You can confirm the spelling of my name. Yeah, I know for most of you, my name sounds strange, but don't worry. You can confirm the spelling of my name from the link where you're currently listening to this episode. So thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.